Thank you so much for tuning in, race fans. It means a lot. If you enjoy our podcast, a great way to support us is by leaving a rating or review. And if you include your Formula One hot take or unpopular opinion in your review, we'll shout them out on the show. Yeah, we're very professional here, folks. Welcome to Gravel Trap F1 Live, Dutch GP edition. Oh my gosh. Hello. Hello. He said it like Dobby the Elf. Hello. Master's giving Dobby. Honestly, truly. Another trophy. Another trophy. Seriously, here at Gravel Trap F1, we will treat you like you're our friends. Honestly, we are professional, yes, but also when you join us, like... Man. You're in the room with us. Let's be real. <laughs> You're here. I'm not, ha- I'm not half this nice to my friends. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we already have some comments. Um, D Master OG says, "I'm ready to talk about the craziest Grand Prix of the year." Ooh, hot take uh. because Australia was pretty nuts. So that's a hot like- take. I feel like this one was actually crazier because it was on track stuff as well. True. Whereas. The other one, it was kind of just stop and go. Like the other one felt like you were getting whiplash more. So this one felt like you were just actually excited about what was going on. Yeah. But this one, I felt like the rain was giving me whiplash. Like that too. Maybe I'm just a Vancouver girly and (laughs) that feels normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like my biggest takeaway with just the weather part is that why would we have wet tires that all the teams deem useless why why then do we even have them as an option we've had this conversation before and i still think the most sensible thing to do is to not have the 85 liter tires except like maybe bring one pair per week one set per weekend just to help dry the track for a couple laps sure but they need one that's like a bit higher than the 30 liter but lower than the 85 say like 60 liters or something like that where it tosses up a lot of water and displaces it from the track, but mm-hmm. it's still flipping visible. Like 85 mm-hmm. liters being chucked at your visor. That's just ridiculous. It's nuts. It's nuts. This isn't new, by the way, right? F1's been racing in the rain for many a year, and I know there was yeah. the famous Coulthard-Schumacher incident in Spa, but what tires were they using in the 80s and 90s that didn't make this a red flag situation? Well, that was back during the tire wars, so people had more choice in the tires that they bring so you weren't trapped in i'm pirelli we love you we're not saying you're trapping us but also everybody has no other option so the other thing as well and this is where the physics come into play is that we're in the era of ground effects and we have diffusers and that's also where a big chunk of the water is coming from the Mm -hmm. majority is actually from the diffusers but the thing is because of what the regulations are the only thing realistically you can change in a shorter amount of time are the tires so we can say hey pirelli you regularly change your tires it feels like we're getting new ones we're constantly developing them and the regs aren't going to change till 2026 so why aren't we changing the tires Valid point. Valid point. Well, besides the tires, because you're stuck with what you're stuck with and you're dealing with what you're dealing with. Like what? I mean, there's just, there's so much to unpack. There's just so much to unpack. The start was like nothing I could have ever predicted. Okay. I was getting my little heart excited because Albon, Norris, 
and Russell were all up at the front. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of just like, you guys were rookies together. And I didn't think it was realistic for this race for it to happen of them all being on the podium together. But mm -hmm. I was kind of just like seeing the vision that it could happen one day. And, that and there'll be a be PowerPoint like that they make afterwards about each other in it. Yeah, like <laughs> a little sneak preview. But then the couple first laps happened and all of them tumbled to the back, not even tumbled. They were just like yeeted back there. Yeah, they were. And I think, what, was it George recovered the best or did they all kind of just stay back there? Alex, I feel like oh, overcame the most odds he got, he was in, me, yeah. in like of the, of them, but I'm going to lean on Buck to see who ended up finishing the highest of the three of them. I don't recall. I feel like Lando finished pretty well. Uh, I need to pull up the results for myself. I'm telling you, like it was so chaotic. I was most of my attention at the end was like, what's gonna happen to Checo? Because I honestly I asked this question on my Instagram. Who had the most unfortunate weekend? Because I feel like most of the time we ask, like, who was the biggest performer? Who did the best? I'm like, this weekend the question was, who had the most misfortune? And you gotta hand it to our boy Esteban Ocon. It was not him this time this yeah. time it was not him <laughs> oh geez i i still have to say it's logan Sargent that had the most unfortunate because he was yeah he was right there within touching distance of it mm. being his first points get and he basically just had to hold on because the williams are hard to overtake and mm -hmm. then he had a mechanical failure he went over a curb and it mixed it messed with his brakes yeah, which is something that does happen at this track, and we curse curbs that are that aggressive, especially in ground effects eras where the car is like right there. Mm -hmm. But still, like that's just. And then he also got eliminated his first time in Q three. Mm -hmm. Like that's. I mean, that was his own whoops. But still, like yeah, it's that unfortunate. is pain after pain, and the cameras just kept panning to him in the rain in his sad little chair in the grass i was like this is like, like the lion king like he's in the Shadowland in the lion king and he's young simba that's all i could see yeah. i truly could all, that's all i could see but we can't yeah. ignore we can't ignore the king of misfortune charles leclerc i oh mean talk about an unfortunate turn so, of events this weekend was it his own didn't i i feel like i read somewhere that it was like the damage to his own front wing that messed up his floor that then caused his dnf like it was all like self-inflicted that's what i heard yes as well is that part of his wing got when it broke off it got sucked under the car mm -hmm. tumbled around and busted it up so <clears throat> it it was one of those chain effects bad luck where sometimes you get your front wing hit and you can just replace it it's fine nothing matters but in this case it was a lasting effect which yeah. is just tragic yeah joe guan yu had a great race he was up in the top 10 for much of it and then mm -hmm. dnf'd yep. honestly i feel like he is the one that's had the scariest crashes in the last couple of years oh, like yeah, right. he's had some he's had some like really <laughs> crazy like just just him has had some really crazy crashes i don't think they're like due to faults of his own he's just like ended up in these really crazy crashes and i'm like he's got some angels on his side like looking yeah. out because i was scared when i first saw that crash because and i think the, was, uh... the commentator said it too like there was no slowing down like the runoff area did not slow him down at all because of the rain and so he mm -hmm. just picked up speed sliding straight into the wall so yeah 
I think he said it was somewhere close to like 60, 70 Gs that he was feeling. Mm. Just for yeah. a couple seconds, but still, like that's yeah. that's painful. Redonkulous. It's painful. Speaking yeah. of painful crashes, Daniel Ricardo, homeboy with his wrist, he was also a contender for most unfortunate weekend because yeah. I mean, <laughs> he didn't get to finish it. He's, you know, he's and he's not gonna race next week or next time in Monza either. Mm-hmm. So also a contender have you seen anyone hurt their hand like that in a crash in the last three four years yes formula e the first race of the season one of the drivers got his hand snapped that way and he was out for a good like third of it i'm just i'm surprised we don't see it more for the number of crashes we've seen whether it's high speed low speed i think they're like taught to let go they're taught when mm-hmm. they know they're going into the wall to let go of the so he just and like pull their hands in he didn't yeah he just didn't yeah. have a quick enough swoop to it but yeah. as well i think with formula one swoop <laughs> man if i were a driver my onboard would be nothing but sounds honestly whoops like, the car is making a sound copy <laughs> We got the little ratatata going. Yeah. <laughs> John Walshaw in the comments is. Hey, John. He's uh, marveling at the seat that Charles ended up getting that would have been, you know, exorbitantly oh. expensive for any of us. His he, grass. He his got a great viewing angle of the race and great and backside. His quote is: oh. "Charles, park here and you get a free seat while supplies last." I'm dead. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. And like, yeah, it's just so sad to see the looks on their faces when they're like sitting in these chairs, too, because, okay. you know, they'd rather not be sitting and watching. You know, they want to be in the car driving. Do you but... remember that picture book I sent you guys where it was yes. Charles Leclerc and the unfortunate race weekend? Yes. And it's this cute little like cartoon of him at Monza, but it's not cute. It's just sad because it's, it's honestly drawn. so like, savage. Like it makes me sad. Toddler. Yeah. If somebody made that about me, I would be so sad. I would be like, oh wow, give me, give me a break. Right? And then, and then on top of all of this, Ferrari unveiled their new Monza oh look today. Did you look at the comments on the post? <laughs> no, the McDonald's I suit? didn't. Okay. All of the comments are people either being like, fix your car, fix your strategy. This is what you're spending your time on instead of fixing your team or mm. McDonald's. We love to see you smile. Like just nonstop. And the worst part is Ferrari's caption was leave us an emoji that this like tells us how you like, yeah, it. it tells us how you feel. And it was like, are you just inviting people to put like the ketchup and mustard in it? Like that's no. literally all people will comment. I didn't see a lot yeah. of that. I don't think there is a ketchup and mustard emoji, but still, I was like, that is one of the worst possible captions. Like you're inviting people to yeah. point out that this is not a great look. Again, two years in a row, Minions and now McDonald's. Like, yeah. unpopular opinion. I actually liked the yellow last year. Oh yeah, I liked. I liked the oh, black no, fireproofs. I thought it was really cool. I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll come around to this one. I just think like in light of this past weekend, I'm like, I'm not ready to be happy yet. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. sit in this for a little. Well, and then Carlos, like they tell, they told Carlos about Charles's crash. And then Carlos is like, okay, don't slow me down. Like, like basically like, what does that have to do with me? 
don't stand in my way. Like, <laughs> right? Well, and then he's at the end of the race. He's defending against Hamilton. And the guy comes on the radio just being like, okay, here's an update. And Carlos just being like, no! Leave me, me alone. I'm like <gasps> in the middle of something right now. I'm busy. Do not disturb. Honestly, okay. if why don't drivers just have like a do not disturb button on their steering wheel being like, don't bother me unless... They can unplug the wire. Well, if there's That's an emergency, true. I think it's probably not easy to replug it. Oh, no. Yeah. No, it's not a good idea. I'm just saying they can do it. <laughs> I feel like that's something Kimmy, only Kimmy would do. Only Kimmy uh, would do it. Gloves! But, gloves! 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 Um, let's talk for a second about Checo. Yes. Oh, yeah. What do we think was the thought process when mm. they pulled in Max... Before well, Checo, when Checo was leading the race. The publicly available th explained thought process given after the race or the process leading up to the incident I itself? I just am just <laughs> opening the door and letting you guys walk through it. <laughs> it was, to me, it was clear that they gave priority to Verstappen. They didn't want Verstappen ending up behind anybody. I think it was odd if they were worried that he wasn't going to get back in front, like there was no chance yeah. he wasn't going to end up in front anyway. So publicly giving the driver behind the pit preference. And then it wasn't even giving the driver pit preference. They just made the decision. Checo didn't know he was not getting to pit. He just like, yeah. wait a minute, hold on. Did we just get undercut? Like he had no idea. So he was never even in, like approached saying, Hey, do you want to pit first or second? It was, we're making this call. And neither was Max, by the way. Neither right. was Max. Max was yeah. just like. So he's absolved of responsibility. You know? He's not. Yeah. He, he he didn't. He, no one can point to Max and say he he demanded to go first or something. No. Um, and then they said that they were surprised that uh, Max was able to um, make up all the time he made up. And they didn't think it was going to be that strong of an, under, an undercut at all, apparently. And that's okay. kind of silly considering this is his ninth win in a, in a row. row. And yeah, so uh, no, I don't buy it. Yeah. yeah. Christina? It, Max is their number one driver. They're always going to prioritize him. That doesn't surprise me at all. And the other thing is that the lap times that Max was putting out, it made sense to prioritize him anyway because he was going to catch up to Checo. So why wouldn't you just make it happen sooner rather than later? Like, yeah, if they no, were being if, if they were being honest about it that way, if they were being upfront about it, Horner's the whole thing is like, uh, it took us by surprise that Verstappen was able to do that. You know, I think he just likes the drama sometimes, quite frankly. Well, and in, not not to defend Christian Horner, but in his defense, he did come out after the race and say, because there's been all this talk about, you know, Checo's seat is on the line he's gonna get fired they might pull him mid-season and i don't think that comments from helmet marco have been helpful in that area yeah. and christian came forward and was like checo's a red bull driver he will be our driver next year he's not going anywhere like calm down people and i was like thank you for finally saying it because like People have been saying it for way too long and poor checo it can't be good for checo like he needed a he needed someone to speak for him for a second, positively. I not, it. not to add fuel to the fire, but we've heard that line before and then had it not be true. Oh yeah. Like let's remember Pierre Gasly and then Alex Albon. Like that's the thing with Red Bull is that they don't have any problem with 
changing up their drivers if they feel that it suits them better. And it's like, you know what? That's how they want to handle their team. It gets them good results. It is what it is. Okay, that's fine. But I don't think they should be surprised then that people are skeptical of them when they say that they're happy with the driver. Because it's like the only three drivers, and I've said it a million times, but I'm pretty sure the only three drivers that Christian Horner has ever been truly happy with and genuinely loves are Max, Vettel, and Ricardo. Like, yep. at, at the end of the day, everyone else is expandable. Yeah. <laughs> Christina, you're a big Gasly fan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, he seemed to benefit from the tire choice system or decisions the best. Although, Albon, wasn't he the only one to not go to wets? He stayed on softs. What a king on the softs. What a king. Does that mean the others should have as well? Like, could they all have? Yeah, like, couldn't everyone around Albon done the same thing and gone with him up to the, the front the way he did? Potentially, yes. Potentially, no. Because remember, they're all different cars. So they do handle the tires differently. And they potentially have different setups as well. I mean, they will have different setups. That's inevitable. So just because one thing worked for one team doesn't mean that it's going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And Alex is like a tire whisperer. I mean, he proved it. What was that? Two years ago when he went like he was going to go the whole race on the hards. And then they Mm -hmm. told him he had to come in in the last lap. I mean, I'm sorry, but Alex is like my MVP. I don't care. Like, I feel like he is just. He's having a stellar year. An incredible driver. He's just such a good driver. MVP. Okay. Similar driver that's doing great, but has an absolute cruddy car. Yuki. One of my other favorites. Well, okay. Explain then why Liam finished ahead of Yuki. Well, because Yuki got a five-second time penalty for imp- for what was it? Causing a collision, despite the fact that a bunch of other drivers had similar instances but didn't get penalized. Like, it was one of those penalties that if you see it, it kind of has you banging your head against the wall because you're like, I saw this happen so many times, but this is the only one you're going to ding? Mm. Really? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I feel like it, it should be said that when Daniel Ricciardo broke his wrist this weekend... My heart went out to Nick DeVry immediately. Oh, yeah. I said, if I was Nick DeVry's, I would be so mad right now. I would just be so mad. And I want you to know, Nick, wherever you are, we haven't forgotten about you. And we saw, we thought of you this weekend when everything happened. Because you think to yourself, like, you would think, if I, if I were him, I'd be like, well, don't you want to call me? I have more experience in the car. I've been in the car more than yeah. literally anybody else but Yuki this season. So wouldn't you want to call me? But no. Yeah. Well, Lawson was the one that was at the track, but, but. <laughs> yeah. Here's, yeah. Here's but I guess what? He thing. also is like lives there. So it's I'm true. pretty sure Nick DeVries could make his way there. <laughs> Very true. But interesting thing. Alpha Tauri basically has no other options. They are only allowed to run a maximum of four drivers in a full year, and they've now run all four of them. So if Daniel remains injured and Lawson has like a conflict mm. starting in Mexico because he's in super formula, and yes, Mexico's a far ways away, but who knows how bad Daniel's injury Seriously. is? Like they've only vaguely said, oh, like this is it's a broken it's a broken metacarpal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
they might have to, they might be forced essentially to call back to freeze, which is, I mean, that's just really funny to me. I'm just like, yep. One of our commenters, John says that he thinks DeVries is in, uh, enrolled in classes at Yale at the moment. No, it, Interesting. Harvard, and it's not for a full semester. It's like a weekend program. Oh, is this that thing that wasn't Toto yeah. doing some sort of guest thing at Harvard or MIT yes, or something? Yes. yes. Yeah. So DeVries Teaching was a master doing a class. short. Uh, yeah. He was doing a short program at Harvard was what Nick DeVries was doing. It wasn't a full semester commitment yet. But we love a smart <laughs> driver. We do. We love a driver that's oh, yeah. seeking higher education. We full do. disclosure. Nick DeVries once held the door open for Caroline. He did! In Miami. It's so true. And she has a special place in her heart for him. I do, because you know what? He doesn't act like he's, you know, this big deal. He saw us coming, me, a little nobody, and was like, here, I've got the door for you. And he even, like, did his hand like this and was like, come on through. And I was like, what a gentleman. I said it to his face. And he was like, thank you, and kept going through the door. And I was like, wow, Nick oh. DeVries, class act. What a gentleman. That should be his ten tagline. 10 out of 10. What a gentleman. Such a sweetie. Anyway. Who else is there? Who else? Oh, McLaren. No, we talked about Lando being sad. Oscar held on kind of, right? Yeah. Where's Oscar? Where's my- They had a hard time. Nine. I'm not going to lie. Based <laughs> off of some of their more recent, I guess, results, I actually felt like- they kind of had a hard time this weekend. And even watching them and qualifying, I was like, because Oscar qualified, what, eighth? There yeah. was a big split between Lando and Oscar in qualifying <laughs> that surprised me. Did you guys see, did you guys see Oscar's mom's tweets? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. her so much. <laughs> when it was red flag and she was like, please, can we just make a decision? Because it's 1 a.m. in Australia and I have a flight at 9 a.m. Like, please, can we just make a decision? Uh, I was like, she's our new queen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. Uh, uh, I, I don't know why I blanked out on the fact that Lando finished seventh. I thought he was mm. like way back there, but no, he like, he, okay, yeah. He finished a sensible place. Yeah, he finished in the points. He finished all right. But he also po like podiumed in the last race. So you, you, and also, okay, Fernando back on the podium. We haven't talked oh, about yeah. that. The reemergence of Aston Martin and woo, Fernando woo. on the podium was actually, I was nice to see. Like, I was like, you know what? This does actually make me happy to see three different teams on mm -hmm. the podium. That's nice. That's it nice. is. Oh, and two things you don't normally see on a podium. <laughs> well, true. And there's there's some drivers that I just like to have them winning because of their radio messages after. Like it just <laughs> it gives you a smile. And Gasly is one of them where it's just like every single time he gets a podium or a win or anything, it's just like the loudest, like breaking the microphone, like squeal that's ever come out of a person. It's just like mm -hmm. <laughs> Funniest, but also most jubilant sound. Him and Norris are my mm -hmm. favorites over the radios of just being like, yeah, <laughs> woo, like childlike yeah. joy. It's yeah. fantastic. Also, I felt like those trophies were so pretty. I loved right. the trophies. I thought they were gorgeous. I love pretty trophies. Although I will say as a driver, it would annoy me if they were all different sizes. I would be like, I need a standard base. I need a standard height because... Yeah. How else am I supposed to display my victories? Like, hello? Oh, so you're yeah, saying but... all first places need to be a certain spec? 
and all second places need to be a certain spec like even no matter yes. okay all right yeah Yes, I need them. I need them standardized because how else are you supposed to nicely display that you're a winner? It's Questions a very for Max. Thing. This is really this is really <laughs> right? on behalf of Max that we're asking this question, not on not on behalf of anyone else. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Geez. I have to say though, like, I feel like the highest effort weekend this weekend went to the dutch fans like nobody on the track oh just the gosh. dutch fans because the energy that they were able to muster in the pouring rain with no cars on track i was like ah i would never i you would find me like sitting in a puddle just waiting and they're oh like gosh. having a whole rave and i was like is this what it's like is this what it's like there like, <laughs> what is in the smoke grenades right what is in that what are they breathing in i need i'm like, dead was there i don't remember seeing a lot of that is it just because no, of the rain yeah because oh the rain the rain there were really takes it out. still maybe they were just passing it around just i thought they were just being really respectful this year and not covering the rain I, well i saw like people like try to start them but the rain just just killed just kills it awesome. so yeah it like, cleans the air a nice visual on TV, but I wouldn't like to be there being suffocated. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, you know. I have no problem with them releasing them. It's kind of just like I wish that on track they would give a signal of like all of the cars are back in the pits. Now you can, mm -hmm. like, don't release them while these cars are trying to, you know, drive. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Are we leaving anybody out? I'm trying to think if if there's anybody that we're missing. Haas, but like I was. Haas, I feel like was like pitting unnecessarily too many times. They pitted a lot right at the start. One of yeah, them. Yeah, they were pitting like a bunch. Lot. And didn't Kevin? Kevin DNF'd right? No, no. Kevin no. was 14th, and then Hulkenberg is in 12th. Did he crash in qualifying? What did I? What did I think that he didn't? Anyways, he had. Maybe he that was the fitted... other red and white car. Maybe he outfitted some new stuff that caused a, was it a pit lane start or a penalty start? Kevin did? Yes. Yes. Kevin started from the pit lane. Yes. That yes. was one thing. Okay. But yeah. Valtteri 15th. Valtteri. Yep. George, I Happy thought birthday, DNF. Valtteri. Today's Valtteri Botas' birthday. Happy Is birthday, it? Valtteri. Mm -hmm. I'll text him and let him know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought George DNF'd because he's like, I'm out, guys, and went into the pit, and then they put him back out on track. I'm like, why bother if you get it? But oh, yeah. someone earlier in the comments was talking about how his podium prediction went swimmingly well. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Well, I I had the thought. I was like, the rain, like he was, he what, what was it? He was on the radio, and he asked, like, I had a podium prediction. The forecast for my yeah, podium or something. Yeah, the forecast for a podium, like what happened? And I was like, listen, at least he knew it was rain and not sweat this time. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh... <laughs> you know, like, you take your wins where you can, George. <laughs> Do we think, I know it would be harder because, you know, you're driving a car at 200 miles an hour. But I do think that the radio interactions are a very interesting part. If they found some way to prioritize the audio clarity and like let the broadcast focus more on what was happening on the radio. Like maybe it's because we, there's a particular um, theme we're seeing at every race 
with, with a certain the current dominance levels. But I'd like to be watching a race and just hear what the drivers are having, the conversations they're having with their so engineers. I think you can. And, I think you can with one of the F1 TV like packages. Well, the the multiviewer app lets you do it. Oh, yeah. And they actually transcribe it. I'm just yeah. saying, like, if I'm just watching the broadcast, because I watched it from uh, bed this time, and they were just to put more of that, like, spend more time finding the good ones and putting them up there mm -hmm. so that the commentators don't have to just keep reminding us that Max is in the lead. And <laughs> Did you know? Like, we need to be reminded. Right? Oh, yeah. It's... But... I did. I did think about, I didn't reach out to him, but I wanted to reach out to Sean Kelly and ask him how many, I want to know what race had had the most iterations of slick to wet to slick to wet to slick to wet. Like, has there been a race where it's been, there's been two dry periods and two wet periods? Because I think we, this one we had, we started off wet. We started dry. Well, it depends on what you count as starting. Dry-ish. The conditions dry -ish. were wet to start. Yeah. And then they went to dry. And then they went back. Did they go back to wet? But did they, did it, did they start on? Did some of them start on slicks? I felt like some of them. Oh yeah, they all started on slicks. They all did. Yeah, and yeah. And then it was lap two and three. Yeah, and then it got stops, wet, like and then it started raining, and so then like wet, and then it dried up, so then slicks, and then it got wet again, and then they called it Checo, and then they called a red flag, and I was screaming. Yeah. Because I was like, "What is happening?" And half and the cars did a lap to get in place after the red yeah. flag. How does that square with the fuel? level requirements because not all the cars had to go around the track so any of the cars that were a lap down on their counters had to go around so it was to make sure that it was fair oh mm -hmm. yeah i'll see myself out yeah <laughs> it it was very it was, it was a good question, but it was not a bad question it was a good question i should have yeah. known that that's all it's okay i just thought they couldn't they didn't have enough room in the pit lane to maneuver everybody so they're like hey you 10 you go that way and just come go. back around the back I'm sure there was a rhyme and reason to it, mm -hmm. but yeah, I will have to say clap, clap, clap to the FIA for some of the weather calls that they made this weekend, because it could have been disastrous. It could have been really bad. And they, they stayed as safe as they possibly could. And I know a lot of times it's really easy to hate on them when they do it wrong, but I also want to commend them when they do it right. And I felt mm -hmm. like this weekend they did it right. And I also want to shout out to the Dutch GP for having the barriers ready and having everything safe. Because sometimes we've seen before that things look safe and then they aren't. And mm -hmm. people are hurt. But yeah. I find it so interesting which tracks have what kind of recovery vehicles. Yeah. Like some of them have the massive cranes because they're either permanent tracks or they have the space for it. And then... What was it in Monaco? They had the tiny little sliders that they could just, with enough marshals, pick up the car quickly, slide the slider under it, and use it. Which and it was crazy. like, more tracks obviously should have those things, because I feel like we just don't see them used very frequently, which is wild. Because there's definitely more situations that they're useful to mm -hmm. than we're seeing them being used for. Mm -hmm. And then you have like the classic tractors, and I, w I kind of am curious as to why, or what the logic is behind not using similar vehicles to what IndyCar has. Because IndyCar has specialized tractors that they bring out a lot of the times. Hmm. Like they have just a special different setup, but it just picks up the vehicle 
and then it kind of teeters, but like they can just drive it with a regular vehicle quickly back wherever it needs to go. And those like a standard tow truck is faster than a crane or like a tractor with their long like um, whatever those are. Not tires, but treads. Treads. Thank you. You know. Yeah. There are better solutions, I think. I think with Indy, you have the uniformity of them happening mostly in America and one in Canada. Um, and globally, you're just going with whatever they have. Locally. Locally. And they can't, yeah. they can't afford to... It wouldn't be very green to take a yeah, huge... Yeah, take the same tractors with them everywhere. Cadre yep. of tractors everywhere with you. Uh, Aaron Machado writes... Hey, wasn't Aaron. Wasn't Turkey similar a couple years back due to the track being so slick and oily? Ooh. I, I do. If I, I think he's talking Is about the Esteban, the year Esteban one. Turkey. Esteban one in Hungary. Yeah, what Hungary. I'm sorry. I think <laughs> Turkey was Hamilton winning his seventh on Interslicks. If, um... if, if, if I think that's the race he's talking about, where uh, he had stayed on the Inters for so long they became slick again. Oh, yeah. LOL. And the conditions had dried up. It's a good question. Can't uh, say I off the top of my head. People are loving Oscar's mom okay. just like we are. I know. Oscar's mom. She's a queen. It was 2020, it looks like. Right. That would be number... Marcus Grand Prix slippery surface like driving on. At least that's what pops up most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was because that was the race yeah. where Hamilton refused to pit. And it was because he had lost the 07 championship because he decided yes. to pit and got stuck in the gravel because the pit lane is always slippier than the track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm just staying out one finish line away from winning. I am not going to go into the pit lane right now. <laughs> Which was the right call. Yeah. But um, on Oscar's mom, I feel like, cause they call him wags, right? Wives and girlfriends. I feel <laughs> like we need wagams, wives and girlfriends Aww. and moms. Because Aww. the moms are awesome. And also Oscar's, I think it's, is it Oscar's grandma or is it Lando's grandma? I think <coughs> Lando's grandma that like went and it's sat Lando's, with yeah. Oscar one time and was just like asking Oscar about his race. And I was like, I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm here so for the cute. moms and the grandmas. And Aww. for Lily, Alex's girlfriend. And True. Carmen, George's girlfriend. Lily, Lily was in Vancouver this weekend. What a queen. Like, I love her so much. Yeah, she was at the, I, I think she was at the UBC um, pitch, not pitch, mm-hmm. but the golf course. I can't be 100% sure, but it looked familiar. Acting like, like you weren't stalking her the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> UBC yes. is so far. Oh my gosh, I don't go there anymore. It's like an hour and a half by bus. Maybe not that long, but yeah. still. Like, it's far. Oh, it's far. Yeah. It's a trip. I, know, I feel like we don't really talk about the girlfriends very much, but Carmen is a queen. Big fan of Carmen. Mm, she was there this weekend. Nice. And, yes. um she wore the prettiest like purpley pink dress yeah it was gorgeous uh her style game is so strong true anyway so the only person we haven't really talked about i know i mentioned his name once is is gasly oh i was gonna say gasly (laughs) i haven't talked about lance (laughs) this is his first time on the podium since monza no no since 2021 in baku i want to say yeah, because he, he got a second place in Brazil, his first one, after his demotion from Red Bull to Toro Rosso. One in 2020 at Monza, then DNF mm-hmm. the next year because of the curse. And then got a third at Baku in 2021. 
didn't podium think, last year. First one with Alpine this year. Do we think that Max will break the curse? I feel like Max is the curse breaker. Right. Like, I feel like the curses yeah, don't apply frankly. to Max. I feel like he's going to win Monza. I feel like we're all just like, maybe he won't, but he will. <laughs> Let's be real. I, I love to... L- I love to believe in curses, but I also do think that there's like a limit on curses. Some of them are not that strong. And this one might be like moderately strong, but I feel like, yeah, Max could break it. Who do we think is going to do like shock us at Monza? I mean, I don't think it'd be shocking if Williams does really freaking well, but I'm really hoping that the speed yeah. of, of Williams, straight line speed of Williams yeah, puts yeah, them. Did you guys hear what their strategy was for this weekend and why it worked out so well? No, do tell. So basically, during free practice sessions, they were just like, you know what? Our race setup doesn't really matter. As long as we qualify well, it's impossible to overtake us. So we're going to put all our time and energy into making sure we have the perfect qualifying setup, start way towards the front, and just keep everyone behind us, which of course kind of went out the window because of the conditions. And then they were kind of just like, well, I guess. That's a good plan. That's a really good plan. (laughs) That's clever. Do you think Ferrari does that? Because I feel like Ferrari consistently qualifies at the front and then like it, it dies during the race. I think that's, it's Charles is really good at qualifying and he can be alone on track and just do whatever. But during the race, you're a lot more dependent on the team and the choices they might be making. Yeah. And so I think that that's where it kind of flounders. Qualifying, he can depend on himself. Carlos, I feel like it's fairly even, both qualifying and the race. Yeah. But Carlos out-qualified Charles this weekend. He did, yes. Because he said, don't slow me down. <laughs> he He's very good at advocating for himself. And uh, Charles is starting absolutely. to do that. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Jeez, like, man. Yeah. It's yeah. saying that you should do that. Where did Lance too. finish? Because Fernando finished... Hi. Did he race? 11. Lance? Lance yeah, he Stroll? Was 11th. He did race. Yes. He was 11th. I do remember him racing. <laughs> and he has broken his silence on the tennis rumors and said they're just rumors. Oh He's gosh. not going into tennis. <laughs> that was like one of the silliest things I'd heard in a long time. I know. And I was like, like I what I really want to know is like whoever said that, like, how did they get that? You know, like, how did they get there? So the theory that I heard that seems the most um, likely, and this is from um, Tony, Mm -hmm. she and a bunch of other people were on Sky F1 doing a podcast. And Crofty basically was talking about when he thinks Lance is going to retire and how he saw a lot of passion in Lance when he was playing tennis as a youth. Like when he was younger, he was playing tennis. He was very enthusiastic about it and really enjoyed it. And how he's not really seeing that same spark in Lance now and how he thinks that it's likely Lance will just go off and do something else that excites him that brings him back like a little bit of a spark so it seems like people kind of just twisted that and rolled with it of like oh Lance is gonna go back to playing tennis and it's like no he was just Mm -hmm. saying that he thinks he's gonna retire and go do something else that interests him yeah like come on and that's just one person's opinion because Lance was like I'm not planning on retiring I'm planning on racing because that's what I love to do so yeah yeah. I could see him going to other series though just for like because mm-hmm. that is something that a lot of drivers do is they're just like you know what let's try something different it's like a different it wouldn't, challenge. yeah it wouldn't surprise me honestly if he went into IndyCar only because a he's Canadian b he loves the NFL yeah and like I feel like he would just enjoy being in America 
Yeah. Well, the other thing is that I could see um, Lawrence Stroll also wanting to expand the Aston Martin umbrella at some point. Totally. Because he's very happy with Formula One and how it's performing. But if he can dominate multiple series, multiple kinds of motorsports, I think he would do that. And, you know, having Lance be able to say, hey, sure, I'll try that too. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? Fuck, do we have any other questions? Comments, concerns? You guys see they put Ocon's name on the podium when Gasly walked out. No. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but I feel like that's happened a bunch this year. It has, yeah. That's terrible. Has they it? did it on his car or during the race as well. Is they had No. They they put up Gasly's name, even though it was Ocon's car coming around the corner, and the commentators caught it and were like, please ignore the graphics. Like, like, it, yeah. it's okay. And then the graphics swapped it and we're like, no, gotcha. we got it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a, a quick one. Yikes. Yikes. They're both French. Aaron Machado French. says, if anything, I could see him, Lance Stroll, competing in IMSA since mm. it's a close series and feel he'd do better in endurance racing. Interesting. Potentially, yeah. Possibly. Who knows? Mm. Oh, speaking of endurance racing, Hearing that Charles Leclerc wants to do the 24 Hours of Le Mans with, know, his with his little his brother. brother and, like, one of their friends. That's Sweet. so cute. You know, he went to Le Mans, like, the 24 Hours of Le Mans this year and was like, this looks I nice. Wanna. <laughs> I want to win. <laughs> Just like, Antonio Giovinazzi got to win this. It's my turn. <laughs> He's like, you know, this looks like how it's supposed to be. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> so funny. It's just, I think it's a shame that um it's at the same time as there, there's a calendar conflict for it sometimes yeah like that as well as Sorry. 500 and monaco tend to happen mm-hmm. around the same time and you're mm-hmm. always just like oh, for drivers it's unfortunate but also for fans you're just like mm-hmm. it's a bit much for one weekend well this had me thinking speaking of like timing conflict with motorsport potentially entering the olympics Oh my gosh. Does it, yeah. is it a conflict? Would they, would they finagle the schedule for the F1 drivers to compete for their countries in the Olympics? And caveat, would they make it over the summer break to where they actually don't get a summer break? Good point. Well, in Canada, what we do with our national hockey players is that they have like, they have it worked into their contract, whether or not they can compete in the Olympics. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what it'll come down to. It'll come down to individual contracts potentially Mm -hmm. or all of the teams banding together and making a deal Mm -hmm. with uh, FOM management Mm -hmm. company like that. I think that's what it'd have to be. It'd have to be a collective agreement Mm -hmm. for them to allow drivers to go and do this. And the IOC totally would get involved. But like, I just... (sighs) I would love to see it. Like I, that's like part. That's part of why I love F one anyway. Because you mm-hmm. see all the that like home country pride that you're representing and bringing to the track. And I love that they're like wanting to add motorsport to the Olympics. I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But I would be curious because like you ask yourself if it's a really close title fight, then the people in the really close title fight might not want to compete in the Olympics if it means they're missing races because it could mm-hmm. decide the title. You know, it makes you, it, it, questions on questions. Have they even said what kind of motorsport we're talking about here? Would these no. be, okay. They just no. said motorsport, which is like 
the most vague thing you could possibly say. It's like, but I would love to see it be go karting. I'm like, make it go karting, (laughs) so that then they're all just like out there in these go karts. (laughs) I know that would be so fun because like then they could be like if there's like a 12 year old phenom, you could have like Max Verstappen against like this you know 16 year old absolute weapon out (laughs) on the track. Like that could be so much fun from like I don't know. Malaysia or something you know like that would be Mm -hmm. so fun well and what I um would be interesting as well is that I would imagine that they would have a different categories of like these different cars but also are they going to have like individual events and then team events yeah where they include endurance like what they know packing together like and but yeah yeah, it's it's all of these interesting things and as well Mm -hmm. like it's going to be in LA and so the big question is like that's the first games that the, yeah. the motorsports they'd be, be able to do that and so it's also a question of which facilities are you thinking of are you building your own from scratch in which case very cool but also like show, show me the options of like yeah. where we could be racing los angeles memorial coliseum where they do race nascar and it looks like the roman coliseum on, that's so high from certain angles but again that's mm-hmm. oval and i feel like they're going to be apprehensive about tossing ovals in because they're either loved or like yeah but also the olympics are not afraid to like step outside the host city for events exactly so it wouldn't surprise me if they went somewhere else in california you Mm -hmm. know and went to other tracks (laughs) laguna seca to do you know (laughs) i was thinking it (laughs) various various events so yeah especially for something like motorsport because you're going to need a lot of space for something like that it's not the same as like yeah javelin throwing you know, you're going to need some more, you need some more space. Pete Willamette in the comments says, to be fair, Max would take the time off to compete in the Olympics and still have the title wrapped up before he oh, leaves based on the yes. current form. 100%. Yeah. If it was this year, no question. Max is going and competing. And honestly, so is Checo. But like, yeah, I don't know if it looked like how it looked in 2021, maybe not. But there's so many professional race car drivers. Like you'd have to have... A lot of qualifying. You have to qualify to participate in the Olympics. And that's a whole stretch of times and events as well. Yeah. Like, but, 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 but they could take kind of some of the concepts that they have behind. And I'm not saying to use the super license, whatever, because like, I know it's super controversial, but take a similar approach of like to qualify, you have to compete in this kind, these kinds of events, finish at these kinds of times and have a kind of a benchmark mm-hmm. for people to work towards. Because I don't know, they, like I want to give that 16 year old in Malaysia a chance to like compete against Lewis Hamilton. Honestly, the country that's going to have the biggest problem is Britain. Because if you're only allowed so to, many. yeah, if you're only allowed to like submit so many, then yeah, who are they going to pick? It's true. Jensen Button comes back for the Olympics. <laughs> Did you see yeah, his custom Lotus? Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Oh, very it's cool. Nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. Well, Did you guys see? I think it was David Coulthard made a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> why should as replace to why Daniel? he should replace Daniel this weekend in Alphatari? so cheeky so funny. I, I loved enjoy. it so much. I loved like, it so much. Where did he put post so that? His oh, Red Bull Red, put it on Red. It was on, I think, Christian Horner's. It, he posted it on his Instagram. 
It's on Cool Thards as well. And right. Red Bull and Christian reposted it. Yeah. yeah. It's really funny. Why I Should Be Daniel's Reserve Driver by David Coulthard, age 52. I love it. <laughs> I am quick on track. I did get Red Bull's first podium. The engineers and I already get along. This would make me the seventh oldest ever F1 driver. That's nuts. Wait a minute. Seventh oldest. Okay, so he's going back to like the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. Back in the day. We have to they call were... in Sean Kelly for that one. Sean! Sean, what are the stats? <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. All right. Well, that about does it. We're rounding or closing in on an hour here, and we've got to go record oh our God. podcast. Oh, do we normally do an hour? No, we usually do like 30, 40 minutes. But... Okay. Well, Jeez. thanks guys for joining us. This has been so much fun. And if we're right on any of these predictions for the Olympics, IOC, call us, sponsor us. We'll do the live broadcast for the Olympics. Let us do it. Yes. And we'll see you right back here next week after Monza. Woohoo!